Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. So what if you wanted to try something, a new consumer product like a speaker or something, and you didn't want to go listen to it in the speaker store because that's not really what your loft apartment is like or your house? What if somebody brought that to you, dropped it off, and then you tried it for a while, and then they picked it up, and you didn't even have to leave your house. It would never happen. That's impossible. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great idea? Of course, it's not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just kidding because our next guest makes the impossible possible, and he is the COO of a new type of marketing strategy, and the company is called Knock. His name is Renato Ricci. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard. So tell us about Knock and what you're up to. Sure. So we started Knock actually on the very simple idea where it's impossible today to try products from home before you buy them. Uh, you either have to go to a store, but as you said, it's just a chore nowadays. It's not really an optimal experience. You're in an artificial setting. You're there for a limited amount of time. There's humans around you, you know, peeking their eyes on you while you try these products. Um, therefore, you know, nowadays we live much more in a digital world. So, uh, you know, e-commerce has been growing very fast and uh, a lot of people essentially rely on uh, the e-commerce to actually buy, to try, to then return if they're not satisfied. Um, you know, I'm sure most of the people that are listening to this radio today have done this, uh, me included, uh, of course. And um, the problem with that is that it's extremely expensive for the seller to deal with that return. On average, we see that return products cause sellers losses of up to 40% of their retail value. And what's mesmerizing is to know that 90% of these return products, they actually don't have anything wrong with them. It's just a matter of a person trying, either exploiting these return policies or changing their mind. So let me ask you a really quick question here. Since we've started buying products online, how does the return rate compare to purchasing products in a retail outlet? Is it higher for online purchases or about the same? It's a great question. It's actually much higher for online purchases. When you look at stores, it's roughly 5%. Uh, when we look at online, it spikes up to 30% on average, with fashion accounting for over 60% of returns. It's easy, right? When you buy a T-shirt, you'd buy like small, medium, large, um, to make sure that it actually fits you and you return the two sizes that don't. Well, so that is so amazing because what you're saying is 40% of the selling price is accountable for returns, of product returns. So they, the manufacturer has to be able to compensate for all of those returns and it's based on what you're paying for the original product, right? Right, so the manufacturer actually accounts, they spike up the prices to account to have a provision knowing that some people will eventually return these products and will hurt their bottom line. So all the products that we actually Actually buying all include already a provision for these potential returns. And so what happens to these products after they're returned? So it takes on average six months for a product that is initially being returned to the moment it reaches a consumer in the second-hand market, uh, simply because it goes through what we call like a black hole of reverse logistics. Very little people are familiar with this concept, but essentially, you know, when you return something, it goes through seven hands on average in the value chain. It goes to a post office, uh, which then gets sent to a regional warehouse. It gets stacked up. There's more and more returns that come. They wait for this pallet to be full. So then they load like hundreds of pallets into like a truckload, which then gets sent to a processing facility where there's already thousands of other pallets that need to be processed before this, this pallet comes in, which makes it so that it really takes like up to like, as I, as I mentioned, like six months for a product to reach the hands of a second-hand consumer after the return. And there's a lot of, costs that come along the way from actual, you know, direct cost of picking and packing and, you know, reshipping it to also indirect costs such as the depreciation of a product, especially when it comes to uh, consumer electronics that have a Which lifespan of nine months. Right. They can switch over very quickly. So once it's returned, it may already be outdated before exactly. it can be resold. Can you explain how your process works? Absolutely. So what we do is essentially we tell these manufacturers to actually give us products that we make available for consumers to try from the home. So as a consumer, you can order a free trial within seconds of having encountered that, that brand into your consumer journey. You get it delivered to your door on the same or next day. You try it for a period of three days, after which you can decide whether you would like to keep the item 
uh, get a new one sent. So at this stage, we would come and swap it or simply return the item. If you decide to return, we come and pick it up right from your door. You don't need to go to a post office or you know do some heavy reboxing. Our courier takes that product back to our fulfillment center within that same city, which is very important. It doesn't leave that city. And it goes through what we call a reboxing process that we developed ourselves to make sure that this product is aesthetically pleasing and technically functioning. In order, of course, you know, the unboxing experience as a user is, is, is extremely important, even if it's just a trial. So we make sure that this happens well in our fulfillment center. And it only takes us up to 48 hours for this product to be turned around and be placed into the hands of another consumer. Wow. So what if I want to keep it more than three days? If it's complicated, like a cell phone, like I recently switched cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) I've always had a droid. You went from an Apple to a droid. And somehow I ended up with a droid with an Apple. And uh, trust me, I would not know how to operate that phone in only three days. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're spot on. So the way we actually market our service is that we offer it to brands as a semi-white label. So brands can actually choose and customize each and every aspect of the service. We are working with a phone brand actually we're going to be launching the us in january with them and they decided for the trial time to be one week because as you said they want to make sure that people overcome the muscle memory which is really making sure that your fingers get used to the phone as well as the operating system. Yeah, I probably could use a six-month trial. But, <laughs> but by that time, I wouldn't know how to use the iPhone anymore. So, you know, I guess it is what it is. So how did you come up with the idea for doing this? Actually, so uh, I must give credit to the idea to my co-founder, my wonderful co-founder, Bobby, um, who I met him in Berlin. We started the company out of Germany originally. And he came to me, uh, we were working in the same uh, accelerator program. We were actually mentoring some startups within that batch, uh, helping them fundraise, you know, get like clients, uh, optimize their, their structure, hire, so on and so forth. And he told me like, look, uh, you know, I started this other company back in the States where it was more of a peer-to-peer uh, marketplace where if you had like a GoPro in your garage and someone needed a GoPro for a weekend, he could just like borrow it from you. The problem with that, after they were featured on Forbes, they raised some money, but the problem was really to maintain like the, the, the quality of the item in between every trial and really having a middleman that mediates this relationship. And that's where we started off by the idea of you know, having products accessible to people whenever they need them without necessarily having to buy them. And slowly as we, you know, we refined this idea, we spoke to brands, we spoke to retailers, we spoke to advisors. Uh, slowly but surely, after you know multiple iterations, we really came to this, you know, as you mentioned earlier, uh, marketing approach where it delivers a lot of value for for the brands as well as it allows consumers to receive a service which is unheard of before and maximizes their experience. So, what cities are you in right now? So, right now we we were present in mainly in um, in Europe, Germany, and in uh, in France, in Paris. We are currently present and set up in um, New York and L.A. in the States. We're looking to expand to multiple cities uh, next year, and we will be launching in New York uh, in January as our first uh, U.S. city. So what kind of products do you have right now? We struck deals with one of the largest uh, producers of phones uh, under the Android brand. We work with one of the largest producers of coffee machines, one of the largest producers of travel suitcases, uh, another large client within the coffee business. And recently we got news that we're going to be working with one of the largest retailers uh, in the nation as well. So if consumers want to utilize your service, they have to go to your website, right? So they can't order something on Amazon and then have it delivered and picked up by you. So it's a great question. So we actually provide, as part of why labeling this service, brands can now offer a try now button or try for free button onto the website. By clicking that link, you as a consumer are directed directly to our checkout. A bit like Affirm or PayPal in the early days. It's just the easiest way for us as a startup to be able to offer this service. As we scale, we're of course you know, looking to get a, a bigger foothold with our own brand, as well as potentially integrating directly within uh, the brand or retailer website so that you don't leave the platform. So how do you monetize this? So we charge brands in two ways. Uh, we charge on a, a setup fee. Basically, we, we take care of three main things for the brands. We take care of all the logistics, the fulfillment and reboxing, and the customer service. We also outsource most of these operations to third parties that are specialized in these endeavors. Um, and therefore, to get them acquainted to the products, we need to conduct like extensive training, both within our f- third-party providers as well as our customer service. So this is sort of accounted for in the setup fee. And then on top of this, we charge brands on a per-trial fee, 
which varies uh, according to the volume, you know, the different size of a unit, the city in which they are, but it can go anywhere from like $40 per trial all the way up to like $100 plus per trial. Does a consumer who wants to try this, do they have to give you a credit card number? So we do ask for a credit card simply for the purpose of verifying a person's identity and limiting the fraud rates. We do not take any sort of payments or authorizations on that card. It's simply also if you then want to purchase the product, you can do so with one click with a registered card you have on file. So it is possible that you could get a used product delivered. You like that, you say, okay, we're just going to take this. We don't really want or need the new one. So the brand chooses, again, if they want to also, part of a service offering that we bring forward to brands is that they have full uh, customization powers of the service. So if they want to sell as new, they can only sell as new. If they want people to keep the one they're trying, if it's been a used unit, they can then sell this unit as used. They can select the price. They can change the price at any time, so on and so forth. Renato Ricci and the company's called Knock. You're listening to Passage to Profit. We have to take a quick break here. Renato, we'll be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With us this evening on Passage to Profit is our guest, Renato Ricci from Knock, a new type of marketing. And it's really very exciting type of marketing, especially for me because I like just sitting on the couch, typing on my computer, having products delivered to me. Takes a little bit of energy to get up and go to the door and unpack them and then use them. But that's about all I want to expend. So anyway, we were talking in the studio during the break about some of the challenges that your company has faced because it's not all smooth sailing in the entrepreneurial world. Absolutely. I mean, the, what we like to say is that the highs are really high and the low are extremely underground low. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, down, down, When you hit bottom, you hit it hard. You hit it hard. You're buried by, literally buried by debt sometimes. We almost like had to bankrupt the company like four times before we made it to where we are today. For us to sort of gain traction and show that our idea was working, we weren't partnering with brands. So what we did, we had to buy like a bunch of inventory up front. And we also had to conduct this, uh, these deliveries ourselves without getting paid for every trial. A real proof of concept. Right. So you actually did the project yep. without actually any store sponsoring it. Or exactly. Any brand sponsoring. And we actually charged consumers five euros because at the time it was in Berlin for people to try it for three days just to validate the fact that not only are people willing to try, they're also willing to pay for this trial. Because a lot of investors came to us and were like, guys, you're not different than Amazon. On Prime, I could just, you know, buy it and try it for one month and returning after. The problem is that they, they don't see the main differences, which are like, we're not, you're not purchasing for us. You're conducting a trial. There's no payment up front, which deters a lot of people. We have this buyer's remorse that is very strong. And uh, the way our supply chain is built also makes it so that the brands actually gain a lot of marketing value from conducting these trials as opposed to just ending off a one-off sale on Amazon. That's an interesting point. If they're receiving the property back, is there any kind of survey or information that you're collecting from the consumer that could maybe help the brands improve the product? Right now, for a startup, a big lesson. I come from the consulting world, so I didn't know all of these things before. Thankfully, my co-founder had an exit to his belt before, so he did a lot of the mistakes when he was a first-time entrepreneur. And essentially, it's really about focus. So yes, this is exactly, you know, of course, like receiving feedback and, you know, maybe pushing requests for reviews, for social media content, like you're posting a picture on Instagram and getting rewarded. This is definitely where we want to head. It's, it's much more of a data play. However, to build these capabilities, you require a lot of focus and a relative amount of funding to hire the right team to then undertake this project. Right now, we have so many projects and such a little team, despite our recent fundraise, but it's very hard to bring like focus and create like a very good 
product to start with? So the answer is yes, once we've really perfectionized the, uh, the trial aspect. I feel like the differentiating factor in what you're doing is the pickup piece. Because as Richard said, I can sit on the sofa and buy a million things off Amazon. They show up on my front porch, which I don't buy quite a million, <laughs> but I buy quite a few. And they show up on but my front like porch. But it's like one a day. So. Yeah, well, sometimes more than that. But then, for instance, I buy a lot of shoes. And I will buy, as you said before, like maybe three pair and send two back, right? Because shoes are so hard to fit. But I have to box them up. And yep. I can do that part. And then I have to print out a return label. And That's then, a little harder. But I can do that. And then I put them in the trunk of my car. And, and they sit there. For two weeks or I'm rattling around <laughs> back and forth. Well, I just like there's a barrier to going into the UPS store. And, I, and I, then I go in and I just leave it there. But I have to park and get out of the car. And so if somebody just comes and takes it, honestly, I have somebody who will come and take my old clothes, who will come and take stuff from the house that I don't want anymore. And I don't even try to get a tax write-off or anything. I just... Have them come and take it. It's so much better. That, to me, is the really differentiating factor with this. We, as humans, operate on experiences, either word of mouth or our own experiences. And by basically making these products way more available than they are today by just like a simple sale, through the trials, you essentially create this critical mass that enhances the popularity of your brand and fosters word of mouth. And therefore, more and more people will be reminded of these experiences and then ultimately come shop your brand. The first thing that you buy as a brand, really sticks with you. So our son wanted a Mustang, but he ended up <laughs> with, a, a with a Toyota <laughs> because he got a super good deal on it. And we're saying, well, Sean, and he's like, should I keep my car or should I sell it and get another Toyota? We're like, really? You'd get another Toyota? He's like, yeah, I love my Toyota. So it did kind of work, right? It did work. And he's um, given up on the Mustang. Yeah, he's given up on the Mustang for now. <laughs> he's only 28, but hey, there you go. Brand loyalty, though, is, I think, uh, we can all agree, a significant factor because you try something, it works, you like it. Why take the risk of trying something new unless there's some huge advantage, right? right. And uh, with Knock, you are getting an experience, a different experience. You're getting to try it, but without having purchased it. And it does kind of almost create a little trust now between the company and the consumer. Hey, we're so confident that you're going to like our product. We're just going to give it to you. And you get to try it. And if it comes back smashed up, we're not going to charge you. We're not going to even charge your card if something gets messed up. And it's part of building a relationship with the consumer. Absolutely. And then you you know, when, whenever you have a positive experience, like think about when you go to the movies or like when you go see a sporting event, when it's a positive experience, you tend to share it a lot. And ultimately, it's that word of mouth that really drives like trust and conversations and ultimately purchases. We say that basically 80% of word of mouth is generated by experiences and word of mouth drives 50% of the sales. So that's really how, you know, now you're starting to understand how we position this back to brands. It's really a marketing play. Uh, where we target like you know high-level executives within those companies who understand that it's all, all about this keyword nowadays of experiential marketing, where the alternative they have, uh, currently brands, they, off- they can only offer these trials into stores, and stores come at the ex- super high uh, fixed costs, right? And it boils down to almost having anywhere between $500 to $1,000 per trial in a store versus just 10 times less when they go for us. So from your standpoint, from Knox's standpoint, this is a very labor-intensive business. You're delivering products, you're picking them up, you're repackaging them. How do you guys make money on this? So we actually rely on a network of uh, outsourced parties, which was extremely hard to build uh, in the first place because not only do you have to find uh, parties that are willing to essentially work, we're talking about fulfillment uh, partners. So fulfillment partners are usually work with like companies like Grand Runway, Amazon, you name it, like huge brands that provide like hundreds of thousands of volume on a daily basis. So you're hiring a company that is in the business of doing this. Exactly, All exactly. Right. And then we staff one of our own people within that warehouse to monitor the way they conduct uh, this reboxing, making sure that all products are professionally cleaned and like no accessories are missing and everything is uh, labeled and back in the box. Um, and then we outsource again the logistics to career companies. We, we always work whenever we have the option to with bike careers or green vehicles. So that a very important mission to knock is also the sustainability aspect. Not only stopping you know, the, the waste and the CO2 emissions around returns, um, but really also making sure that we do our own logistics using like complete green transportation so that every trial is uh, carbon uh, neutral. Recently, we had another company on the show, King Children, and they were in the business of making eyeglasses. And they were talking about the amount of waste that goes into creating a pair of eyeglasses, really for all of the eyeglasses 
that are sold, 14 pairs are created and thrown away. And so I think one of the things that you can point to with NOC is how if you can improve or lower the return rate, then that will ultimately not only result in cost savings for the companies, but it's a green play. It's a zero waste play if there's better alignment between what's made and what's actually kept by the consumers. 100%. I cannot name the brand, but I can give you an example of a brand we worked with. Uh, they produced sort of like doorbells that fit into doors, and the production was made here in the States. When they brought the, the product to Germany, they realized that actually the doors were too thick in Germany, much thicker than in the U.S. for the product to fit. And had they maybe done a trial with us first, they would have realized that, you know, at the prototype or conceptualization phase, uh, each country had maybe, you know, different requirements, and it would have saved them a lot of money and a lot of waste. That does raise another issue, though. You guys are expanding from Europe into the U.S., so that's another question for you guys. Like, how do you go from one country to another, especially with the consumer product type of thing? For a startup, like I was mentioning earlier, the most important thing is focus. So not only on the product side, but also on the geography side. Uh, it's hard enough to do a startup in one country, let alone in two continents. So as part of the investment that we received earlier this year, one requirement from our venture capital firm was really for us to focus on the U.S. market. And, you know, we're just basically stopping receiving new business opportunities in Europe, just delivering on the existing clients. And then we shifted all our focus entirely on the United States. So, Renato, before we end this segment, how do consumers sign up for this? Sure. So uh, you can now actually go on our website, which we launched a couple of weeks back. It's called Try Now club.com. Uh, we already have thousands of consumers signed up and, you know, we're just trying to test to, to determine like an appetite for which categories you guys would like most to offer the right products in the right cities at the right time for everyone. Wonderful. And you're listening to Passage to Profit. Where else could you hear a discussion like this? And if you missed it, the podcast comes out tomorrow. With our special guest, Renato Ricci, back right after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gear Heart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Renato Ricci with Knock Brands, N-O-K Brands. And now we are on to Joshua Weiss with TeleApp. So Josh is returning to the show. He was on here before. He's constantly inventing new things. A seasoned Passage to Profit veteran. And he is constantly making things that use tech to make our lives better. So what do you got? Last time I was here, we were almost ready to publish. Uh, now we have published and it's been doing very well. We have an app called Fetch Internet, which allows you to bring the internet access from your smartphone to your computer without paying for a hotspot. Is so, that legal? Yeah. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't do it. <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to do it. Well, that's good news. <laughs> yeah. I've been using a version of this app uh, for a very long time. Uh, when we first got started, we didn't have an office. We were working out of Panera Bread in uh, Edison, New Jersey. I remember that story. It yeah. Was a yeah. Fascinating story. They yeah. kicked you out eventually, right? <laughs> they did. <laughs> we call it the exodus of uh, 2013. It was very sad for us. Um, I'll, we'll save that story for a different time. But I had this issue in which from 1130 to 1:30, they only let you have, they call it like high traffic time. So they only give you 30 minutes of internet access. And so I was complaining to Ian Matheson, our chief technology officer about this and uh, to surprise me he, he whipped up this app uh, we didn't really have a name for it at the time he installed something on my phone he installed uh, a, a counterpart application on my computer and he said try this right and so all of a sudden I was able to use my smartphone's internet access on my computer and it was great he made me a version for my Windows computer he made me a version for my Mac computer and I've been using that ever since so do you connect the phone and the computer with a cord? Yes. It's okay. The, it's the same charging cable that you get. Like, So if you have an Android smartphone, 
It's just the charging cable from your Android that goes you know, into the plug. You just plug the USB port right into the computer. How is that different than a hotspot? Is yeah. it just how they calculate the charges? I mean, it's like the so, cell phone gets the same signal. So yeah, so there's two types of data, right? So you're paying for your regular data plan, which might be unlimited, or you might be paying for a bulk of data. And then you have your hotspot plan. Your hotspot plan is going to have a limited amount of data. Uh, when I say limited, I don't mean like necessarily small. You might have 15 gigabytes worth of data. And they charge you because they can, right? Correct. They don't have to, right? they no, want to. Correct. And also they're going to throttle it. Now, your Bluetooth connection is not going to be anywhere near as fast as the connection that you can have with a wire. So I was doing this for two reasons. Number one, it was solving the problem of not having internet access for an hour and a half during the day. But we're also federal contractors. And there's a whole thing called controlled unclassified information. So if you're a federal contractor, even if, you don't, even if you're not working directly with the government, you have an obligation to keep your information secure. Similar to what HIPAA means to hospitals or privileges mm -hmm. to attorneys. And so I can't really use public Wi-Fi. I'm not allowed to. Oh, so your app then, is that more secure? I guess oh, yeah. it would be. Yeah, far more secure. Yeah, it's, it's CUI compliant. It's HIPAA compliant. It, it's good for attorneys. It's good for banking execs. Anyone that has confidential information on their computer that, that should not be connecting to a public Wi-Fi spot or perhaps what they're doing is too slow for a hotspot, Fetch is a fantastic uh, alternative. So I have an Android phone and a Mac laptop. Yep. Does that matter? Nope. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like the first time it yeah. hasn't mattered. Yeah. You install the Fetch app onto your smartphone, onto your Android device. You install, well, we have a companion application that goes onto your computer, which is called Fetch Connect. You plug the wire from your phone to your computer in and poof, it just works. Magic. Really? I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's that's that magic. Yeah. <laughs> so the biggest problem that we had, number one, we didn't even think that this was a product that other people would want. Um, right. And for the longest time, we've just been sort of, this has just been something we use internally. Uh, and it never occurred to us to like spin this off as a consumer product and to focus all of our efforts on it. And then there was a, a circumstance in which I had to use it and someone was with me and said, what the hell is that? And I said, I, I explained to him what it is. And he's like, can you install that on my computer? I need that also. And I said, sure, we, we can do that. And then all of a sudden we started thinking, maybe this is good for other people too. So the, the biggest challenge that we had on the product development side was getting it consumer ready, which means making it utterly and completely idiot proof. That was really the biggest challenge we had. So in terms of like signal quality or you can stream, you can do anything you could with a regular internet Correct. connection. Your computer will have the same speed to the internet as your phone currently has. So if you have zero bars on your phone, you're not going to get any internet access on your computer. But I would say that the same is true if you were trying to use your hotspot. So how much does it cost for the app? The app is a one-time download fee for consumers. It ranges from like $6.99 to $8.99, and the consumer version is just a one-time download fee. So you download it once and you have it forever. That's really great. So have you ever thought about maybe taking a little commission on the amount of data that's being downloaded? <laughs> I mean, if you like took like some, you had some sort of metric where you kind of charge just a little bit where your consumer would really save a lot of money, but you would also get some more benefit. So as a consumer, I can say that Every time there's some sort of pricing uh, model like that, it infuriates me. Why can't they just download it and pay for it once and not have to ever pay for it again? But there is an enterprise version, which we can install for professionals, so hospitals, uh, law firms, banks. And the enterprise version has a subscription fee. That's kind of in step with kind of like what everybody else is doing, right? So. Yeah, and you know the monthly subscription fee is a couple of bucks a month per phone. And for a firm that is currently paying, let's say, for a SIM dongle for a, a, an employee's computer, this is far less expensive. They're paying between 30 and 40 bucks a month for those. This is a couple of bucks a month. And so they're saving uh, about 90% on what they're spending now for something that people really are not using. So is this available worldwide? Yeah, worldwide. And are you selling it all over the world right now? Yeah, so we launched initially in the United States just because we feel we have the United States market. And we started opening it up to other countries. Um, and we want to know a lot about why people are using it and not about, you know, whether they're using it. Because we know once you pay for something, you're, you're going to use it. You don't download an $8 app and not use it. But we want to understand the use case. So, like, even in the United States, there are a bunch of use cases. There's the cybersecurity aspect where people are not really concerned so much about the money. 
but they're more concerned about the security of this as compared to a hotspot, which is vastly uh, more secure than, than a hotspot. So why is that? I mean, how does that work? Well, it's hard to hack a wire, uh, simply put. So a lot of security issues with hotspots come from the wireless connection between the computer and the phone? Let's say you go to a Starbucks or to Whole Foods and you decide to connect to their public Wi-Fi. So there's a really easy hack that's out there that really anyone can do. You can, I can go ahead and go to any one of these places and bring my computer and broadcast a Wi-Fi signal. And I can also name my Wi-Fi signal the same exact thing as the, as the name of the signal in the actual store. So, so you could put on your computer, you could broadcast a signal that says Starbucks, for example. Exactly. And then people would log on to that uh, Correct. connection. Right. And then your computer and their computer would be uh, connected. Correct. Unbeknownst to the person who thinks that they're connecting to the public Wi-Fi that's actually being provided by the by the location, by that the establishment. That is so, so nasty. So, who so would who, do something like that? So I, what I want to know is, knowing about Fetch, who would not buy this app? Right. Honestly, because the next time we travel, it's going to be on my phone yeah, and but computer. I, 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 I mean, always, seriously. But when I, when I hook up, I usually, I usually get that little... Was it a little security lock or something that shows that it's a secure connection? Yeah, right. I, I can broadcast that too, and you would never know the difference. And I, and you'll You're still kidding. get and you'll still get Wi-Fi. You'll still get Wi-Fi, and uh, you won't know the difference. But meanwhile, the moment you make that connection, I have access. To, I can't like move your mouse on your computer, but I have access to your hard drive, and I can copy all your data without you knowing. I can install a virus without you knowing. Can you get my bank passwords if they're stored on there? Whatever data exists on that computer, I can copy it. And so you're yeah. telling us that Fetch will prevent all of this. Well, yeah, because you'll never eliminate need, that. You'll never need to connect to public Wi-Fi ever again. Uh, you'll always use the internet access that your phone has. So should I cancel my hotspot subscription you, you and buy Fetch? Is that the long and the short of it? Yeah. That's really impressive. It's cheaper because I know we have a hotspot connection, and I use it a lot. I use it on the train. It works half the time on the train, but right. I do I do try to use it. Lots of times it's in places where it's a little slow. Let's talk about motion. So you brought something up. You said uh, on the train. I have the same issue, and on the train, in motion, hotspots are just terrible. I was driving home last year from a family trip, and I had my kids in the car, and the batteries on their iPads died. Now, meanwhile, I had my Windows Surface machine uh, in the car with me, I used Fetch Internet for about a five-hour drive, and the entire time I was streaming Netflix on my computer using Fetch Internet, and there was absolutely no slowdown whatsoever. In some of our tests, while I'm driving, we were streaming. One web tab had Netflix streaming. Another one had Hulu. Another one had... We had three YouTube videos simultaneously playing with Netflix and Hulu with absolutely no slowdown whatsoever. Does it make any difference whether it's 4G or 5G? Does that affect it at all? 5G is going to be better than 4G. So right now, like if you have three bars, you're going to get fantastic uh, access. And the truth is for the things that most people are doing most of the time, even two bars is, is going to be sufficient. But once 5G is launched nationwide, it's, it's only going to make our lives easier than it is now. It's pretty good, but it's going to be even better. So for those of us who are less familiar with the differences between 4G and 5G. Which what, I don't really know. I just know the terms. Right. So <laughs> and what, that my phone has So it. what is the difference between 4 and 5G besides the number? It's going to be faster, much faster and far more secure. The bandwidth on it is going to be better. Everything about it is going to be better. So does it have underground wires? Like how does the signal travel between the towers? The same exact way as it travels now. So there are many tricks to make the existing infrastructure work better for you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what 5G is doing. It's going to make okay. the infrastructure work better. So you've got this fantastic product. I'm going to download it as soon as we get off the air here. But what are your plans to market the product? Because it does seem to fill an important niche, saves money, more secure. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to get the word out there? Okay, so we have uh, regular social media marketing that we do, that w- which is really what everyone else does too. But our go-to-market strategy is to have the app available in places where we can create some level of virality, right? So you can't do that like in one location. You have to be all over the place all at once. The problem is we don't have the funding to have any type of national you know, media campaign. And so so are you bootstrapping this or are you looking for investors? A startup is always looking for investors, even when they say <laughs> they're not. Um, that's just how it goes. Renato's um, got some money he got recently. You should talk to him, you know. Get a loan. Josh, what about going to like Starwood Hotels? Because honestly, the connection in hotels is always horrible. What about selling it to a big hotel chain? Right. So it's funny that you bring that up. That's exactly our go-to-market strategy. So these little table tents that we have here educate consumers in hotel chains that they don't need to use the hotel's Wi-Fi. 
They don't need to use their hotspot. They can just download the app. They can go to fetchinternet.com. It'll take them right to the App Store or to Google Play, depending on what kind of device they have. And they can download the app right there. So we, we ran a test. We started uh, around June, July time. And we started working with a couple of local hotels, non-chain affiliated hotels in my area. I, I live in Linden, New Jersey. And so I met up with the owner of two uh, hotels in, in Linden. One is called the Bentley and the other is called the Swan. And we were able to put these table tents in every single one of his rooms. We, we started doing a case study and it worked really well. And then I started driving up and down uh, Route 1 and Route 9 and started introducing myself to the owners of all of the non-chain affiliated hotels saying, hey, I've got these table tents. I know that you are spending a lot of money right now on, on providing Wi-Fi access to your customers and you don't want to. I love it. That's good old fashioned hustle. You know, yeah. that's how people used to move products was get out there, meet people and now everybody just kind of does the social media thing, which I guess is effective, but... You have to get down and dirty, and you have to understand the use case of, right, so w why are they going to help me market my product to their guests? And the only reason is because they need it also. Their cost of infrastructure, they have repeaters, they have routers, they have wires, and also they have the cost of the ISP, right, the internet right. service provider. And so by them educating their consumers to download Fetch one time and, and have this great app wh wherever they are, whenever they are, they're saving themselves a lot of money. They can cap their cost, or they can even just remove high-speed internet access from something they do. Now, ultimately, we want to work with um, chains like Wyndham Resorts, uh, Hilton, Marriott. These, for us, would be great distribution partners. And if the Wi-Fi doesn't work at the hotel, the desk gets called. Why isn't my Wi-Fi working? Correct. And it makes for a worse consumer well, experience for them. Well, worse than that, it goes on to the Travelocity Review. There you go. I, I mean, right. seriously, I look at that on the reviews because even if I'm not working, well, we usually are working when we're traveling anyway, but mm -hmm. I still want my computer. Yep. Right. So these are do not disturb signs that we had printed up. <laughs> <laughs> do and not disturb. I'm on the Internet. <laughs> so so on, on, on one side of it, you see do not disturb. And on the other side, it has fetch marketing collateral. So the Smart. Oh, my God. What a great idea. And so the idea was, hey, we'll go into. And there's a little box you can check for breakfast, too, right? <laughs> So, you know, so we go to the hotel owners and we say, hey, you know, we will pay for these uh, do not disturb signs. Um, some of them don't have them. Some of them um, have to pay for them themselves. We'll say, no, we'll, we'll pay for them for you. We print it and we deliver it to the hotels. And, and this is really how we plan to educate consumers. Well, great having you back here, Josh. That was an absolutely fascinating presentation, great product. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Renato Ricci and Joshua Weiss. Back right after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me. Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And now it's time for the pitches. But before we start, some vital info. We have two pitches, and when you're listening to them, please think about which one you like best and go to the Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show website, and vote. And everyone gets one vote, and the voting is open for four and a half days until Friday morning at 10 a.m. Don't forget, too, to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So get out there on social media and tell your friends to vote. And just remember the name of the show by imagining walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end and tag on the Inventor Show. Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show. <laughs> <laughs> you made that work. So may your passage be short and your profit be huge. And now on to the pitches. Each contestant gets two minutes to pitch, followed by a discussion with Renato, Josh, and us. The best vote getter gets a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. And it goes on to our YouTube channel. So let's get started. Our first pitch comes all the way from St. Petersburg, Florida. It's by Joe Cup with 
Coaster Pro on the go. Welcome, Joe. Glad to be here. My name is Joe Cup, and I make coasters for cups. Here's the problem. Condensation drips down from cold beverages into the bottom of your vehicle's cup holder, leaving a puddle of water to get all over your clothes. And in between car washes, your cup holder is a sticky, dirty mess. But you don't have anything to clean it with. Solution? Coaster Pro on the go. A coaster for all of your household, patio, office, and vehicular needs. Coaster Pro on a Go is a registered trademark chamois disc that absorbs condensation from cold beverages and can be used to clean with. They are dishwasher safe, odorless, and can be used over and over again. Imagine this. You reach for your beverage from your vehicle's cup holder to take a sip and then, oh no, the dreaded drip all <laughs> over your clothes. How embarrassing. Coaster Pro on a Go will stop the drip. The power is in the material, holding over 10 times its weight in any liquid. Or better yet, have you ever sat in your vehicle and thought, man, oh man, my dash sure is dusty. I'd like to clean it, but I don't have anything to clean it with. Not to worry, Coaster Pro and a Go is here in a hurry. There has never been a coaster made that can do this. Clean your console and dash, even windows and mirrors. Coaster Pro is great for cleaning your cell phone and tablet, too, and has hundreds of uses. And in the kitchen, Coaster Pro is non-abrasive, so you may use them to scrub clean those non-stick pots and pans as well as dishes, sinks, and countertops. Have a spill on the floor? Say no more. Coaster Pro loves to save on paper towels, too. Order now at Walmart.com, and you will receive an eight-disc variety bundle in an array of colors, featuring two small Coaster Pro and a Go coasters, two medium Coaster Pro and a Go coasters, and for that extra big cup in the cupboard, four large Coaster Pro home coasters. Use them on the patio, in the office, from the kitchen to the coffee table to your car. Simply place your drink on top, and then next time you go to pick up your drink, no more drops. But here's the exciting part. Coaster Pro on a Go is customizable with any logo. There are three sizes and ten colors to choose from for a better business card. Cars, bars, restaurants, dealerships, car washes, salespeople. Advertise on the inside of the automobile. Stop and go. Pick up your Coaster Pro on the go. Wow. All right. Yay. All right. You are that was a coach awesome. man. Okay, Josh. Yeah. Go. Number one, you have probably the best announcer voice I think I've ever heard. Of yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, your the listeners can't see this, but he he's not reading off of index yeah. cards or a piece of paper. He, he this is all by heart, um, and it was incredible. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. I've done pitches before, and a lot of times they're like 30-second pitches, 60-second pitches, 90-second pitches. And, you know, you try to remember bullet points, and you just knew every single word by heart. Uh, yes. It's incredible. Thank you. And um, growing up, Billy Mays was your hero, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked yours better because you weren't yelling. <laughs> right? Billy used to yell a little too loud. So I'm actually using one of your Coaster Pros right now. Um, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, and so when we got in here, we need to put our mouths like almost, we're almost like kissing the, the microphones. And so the first thing I did was I wiped down the microphone with a Coaster Pro and a handy little uh, you know, organic hand sanitizer that I carry with me. And I'm also using it as a coaster. And so this is a very useful product. So where'd you get the idea for this? Well, my background is in car sales, and I always wanted to just give a gift to my customers, a special thank you for your purchase. So I used to spend about $20 to get their picture taken and mounted to a calendar that they could put on their refrigerator. But, you know, if I only made $100 selling the car, minus taxes, minus the 20 for the calendar, equaled me not doing so well. So I decided I need to come up with a less expensive way to show my appreciation, and I came up with Coaster Pro. How did you even come up with the idea? It is pretty innovative to think of having like a combination coaster and chamois all in one, right? I mean, everybody thinks of coasters as these hard plastic or cork things that aren't flexible. And how did that part of the idea come up? Just a lifetime of driving and getting dripped on, ruining shirts. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, I don't even let Richard bring his coffee in my car. Right. Because he inevitably spells it. So if I get Coaster Pro, then you no. let me... Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, no. My, I, for years, the kids went in my car and it was just a mess. And now nobody takes food or nothing but water in my car. But I could still use it because I sometimes wear silk blouses. And if you drip on silk, you know, bad news. As a matter of fact, I've got one travel mug that after it goes in the dishwasher... Water always leaks inside of it, and so when you flip it back up and you have your drink in it, it leaks water from the dishwasher. I bet you didn't know that. And this would be the perfect product. 
I could continue to use my leaky cup, which has great sentimental value, but I could also keep my clothes clean. So thank you for doing this. You're quite welcome. <laughs> so how are you currently producing these? Do you have like a factory? I manufacture these by hand. It's a labor of love. I've just been doing it mostly for my customers, but I would certainly take on a strategic partnership if I could find the right person. I think it's a great product. You know, it's thin and it's relatively inexpensive and... I know this is airing just before the holidays. These would make great stocking stuffers. In fact, you gave me some, but I'm going to buy some for my son and his girlfriend and my daughter's boyfriend, everybody that I know that drives, because nobody thought of this before. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm quite fond of it myself. And I think you touched upon it as well, but, you know, given that we we uh, at Knock work with a lot of brands, I can tell you for sure this in terms of uh, gifting, like making it a corporate merchandise, is way more regional than like the lighters, the pens, the pins, the notebooks or what have you and it's a very cool gift i think it really makes you very very differentiated compared to others so i think you're definitely headed the right way with trying to land deals with these big uh, corporates thank you yes they do last quite a long time i've had the same set in my car for at least two years now and uh, when they get dirty you just wash them by hand with soap and water wring them out put them back in your bottom of your cup holder they'll dry flat they won't shrink the lettering will not crack they're just a neat little thing and you can wash and wax your car with these you can clean your tires your rims you I mean, it's just multi-purpose. You might also want to consider working with companies like Vistaprint. I know that as a company that's always trying to market ourselves, we're always trying to think of like really cool ways to get word out about our about our products. And this is fantastic. We're constantly struggling to find something that people are just not going to throw away. And once you have this, you're not throwing it away. That, that's the whole point of it. Is there like any competitors or similar products on the market? So um, when I first started making these. I sold them out of the trunk of my car until I made about $3,000 and opened up my LLC, got my website going and got them into walmart.com. There are competitors. Thirsty Stone makes a stone coaster that will absorb. They came out about the same time that I was out of the trunk of the car with mine They and they had the ability to mass market them and they're everywhere. However, you can't clean your car with a stone. Well, and it's not going to absorb the same way, and you can't wash it the same way. And your cup kind of sticks to it sometimes, too. It's certainly not as versatile a product as this is. And I do think that this is, I mean, all of us, I think, are in agreement here. This is a perfect corporate branding tool. Absolutely. I do think it's rather ironic, Joe Cup making cup coasters. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for coming all the way from Florida to be on Passage to Profit. It was a real honor to have you here. My pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, so you are listening to Passage to Profit on WR710. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our second pitch this evening is a returning contestant. The name of the company is Passionate Rebel, founded by Warith Juma. Welcome back, Warith. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Um, yes, I am Warith Juma, the founder of Passionate Rebel LLC. We're a fashion and lifestyle brand who creates fashionable apparel to promote self-direction and passion awareness to inspire people to rebel against the idea of not following their passion. In order for you to be successful, you have to identify your passion and follow it. That's the best way you'll be happy. That's the best way you'll be successful. Thank you. That's great. So what is your passion? Uh, my passion is just basically encouraging people, honestly. Just encouraging people to be better, be positive, and follow their dream. So you've made some amazing progress. So why don't you tell us what you're doing this year with your fashion line? Ooh, yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of amazing progress, a lot of work. 
Yeah, when I was up here last time, then we were um talking about Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, which was a a, a great success. Um, we I think we gained about two hundred followers like the day of the Fashion Week show, so it was like really amazing. Uh, since then we've been doing a lot of fashion work. We actually um got the opportunity or well, was presented with the opportunity to do Paris Fashion Week 2020. Wow. So that's Paris, uh, France, right? Paris, France. Not, not Paris, Texas. Not Paris. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. would still be okay, but it's not Paris, France. Yeah, so. Paris, France, you know, and, um, which is a, a, a big opportunity, a big step for us. Um, I couldn't even fathom even getting to that point. I don't, I'm not going to say I was doubting myself, but, you know, just starting out of doing New York Fashion Week, you know, that's my only thought was doing New York Fashion Week. So for people to be receptive to what we were doing and the clothing that was presented is like really amazing. So is uh, is Paris still the cultural capital of the world? Uh I believe so. Yes, a lot of my friends and family uh, are still traveling there like wanting to go there, so I believe it is. Are they going to go to Fashion Week with you? Uh my mom has been like nonstop texting me about it. Like we <laughs> we normally do our family um our family vacations each year and we were scheduled to go to like Las Vegas. And once I told her, and she was like no scrap that. Everybody, we're going to Paris uh Fashion Week. We're going to use our timeshare to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's make it happen. So, Warith, what are your fashions? Are uh, you do sweatshirts, right? What else do you do? Um uh, it's a variety of things. Um ranging from sweatshirts uh to beanie hats to uh, uh, snapback caps to also varsity jackets, which I'm wearing right now. Oh. When I came here last time, I had my uh, skateboard mascot with me, but he was he's not here with me today, so I have him in spirit on my jacket. Oh, uh, yeah, and I see him. Is the skateboard bear and everything. So these are actually like some of our uh, top items that a lot of people inquire about. So ranging from the sweatshirts to jackets uh, to caps, jean jackets, uh, buttons, you know, a lot of things, but even outside of the fashion, which with the lifestyle brands, which we use to reinforce the idea of being a passionate rebel, we do something called passionate rebel talk segments in all the educational um, institutions, um, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, colleges. We've been being booked to, uh, to be keynote speakers at uh, various events this year. So um, we recently just finished vending our clothing at my alma mater, Morgan State University, for homecoming. So they had us out there. We had the mascot, had the clothing. A lot of people were patronizing, um, you know, the clothing, the clothing and everything. So uh, outside of that, we've been moving in, in a great direction, great reception from the people. Also, December 8th, we will be receiving the 2019 Tenacity Award. Wow, fantastic. Yes. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, so it's from, it's from a, um, a nonprofit organization that's based out of North New Jersey. And they just honor a lot of influencers in the community that's um, doing a lot of positive work. So, you know, we uh, came up on their radar and they just been monitoring everything that we've been doing for the past. Uh, I thought it was for the past few months, but it's been for the past few years that they've been monitoring us. So, wow, you know, they really want to give us recognition for our work. That's quite a compliment. So congratulations on the award. So Thank you. Thank you. So what is the Passionate Rebel brand all about? Passionate Rebel brand is just about inspiring people to be better. Um, I think we're living in a time where it's, 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 it's so difficult to be yourself or just be successful or just follow your passion. Now, a lot of people um, become deterred from it just based off what is conveyed to people. You know, like the norm in our society, you know, in order to be successful, you have to have a job or you have to go to college. And we're living in times where not everybody is in agreement with that. And I think the the biggest disconnection within our society and generation is that, you know, we're so ambitious. And a lot of us millennials or even just older individuals as well, like everybody wants to be successful and be an entrepreneur or just do something that they love. And I think that's where the disconnection is because a lot of people may not agree with that. Some people are from the old times, I want to say, and just say, you know, get a job and work. Mm. But you have a lot of people, such as a lot of entrepreneurs in here who have dreams that they want to follow. And for me, I just want to be someone, be a voice to encourage people to do that because that's what, that's what connects the world. That's what moves us forward by being able to follow our goals follow our dream, do things that we love to do. What does the rebel part of Passionate Rebel stand for? Uh, the rebel is just more so, because Passionate Rebel and, and all together, the, the logo itself represents graduating in life and acquiring more for yourself. So it's not about rebelling against anything. It's about rebelling against the idea of not being able to follow your passion. 
You know, so it's like it's a it's, it's, we put a flip on that, and I don't like to say uh, rebel. So we say rebel. We put it in our own form. So be a passionate rebel. Be somebody that's passionate about what you're doing. Rebel against the idea of not being able to do the things that you're passionate about. And with the clothing, you know, with the uh, the passionate rebel talk segment, those that's just the the reinforcement of the brand. You know, when we um do the clothing. We want to make people look cool. We have an eye for fashion. We we know how to create, you know, fashionable things that can make you look cool. But um, to me, it's not as important as trying to recreate the, the 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 mindset of a person that you know that wants to do positive things. So we want to create a change on the inside as well. I think uh, all entrepreneurs can relate to the mindset of uh, being a passionate rebel. I know that my mom is still upset with me for not being a doctor. I hear about it all the time. I, I, she's wait. constantly saying, you know, you can still go to medical school. Still go to medical school. So, yeah, I, I hear about it's it. It's never too late. No, yeah. it's not. Following your passion can be scary because you love doing it, but. There's no guarantee. Like, it's not going and, like, getting a paycheck and somebody else does all the work and does all the worry. Like, it's scary. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it, it really is because you don't you don't know what the outcome will be. So it's like you're taking a, um, a leap of faith, believing in yourself, believing in God, and hoping that, you know, your path is, uh, this is your path. But, it's, but I, I go by something that my father told me a long time ago. My father always said to me, you know, um, never become discouraged because what you're seeking is seeking you. And I, always, and I always use that in my passionate rebel talks with a lot of students of saying that because, you know, we're living in a world that was basically designed for us. And, you know, and this is your path. You can't get lost in the world where your, your path is supposed to lead you into, you know, a world of great things. And, you know, for me, I didn't want to rely on one area of just even just with income, with the clothing. I always thought doing clothing, I thought it was oversaturated because everybody does clothing. But everybody wears clothes, so. <laughs> but I, I try to as often as possible. <laughs> but I just didn't want to rely on that one area. So you know, when I first started the brand, I said to myself, I said, you know, I have a great ability to speak positive words to people. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go into the schools, and this is how I'm going to create my foundation. And if I do create income with that, I'm going to put it towards my clothing. So, Passionate Rebel, we're actually in the process of becoming an approved district vendor in the city of uh, Newark to come into the schools and do our passionate rebel talks. So it's working out the way I planned. I like the feeling of being able to talk to these people and have people look at me as a positive, you know, positive light or seeing my logo and looking at it and just saying, you know, that's very encouraging of what they're doing and what I'm seeing. So, you know, I, I've seen all these things happening. And then for me, it came at a point where, um, where I felt I was at a, a low about six years ago when I um, was laid off from my job because I had plans on using my money from that to, to support my brand. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? But it all worked out, and, and I'm here. You know, the Passionate Rebel. Where can our listeners find you and your clothing? Uh, you can definitely find Passionate Rebel at PassionateRebel.net. You can also find us on Instagram at Passionate Rebel, P A S S I O N. A-T-E-R-E-B-E-L at Passionate Rebel. And the website, again, is PassionateRebel.net. And also, you can go on Google and type in Passionate Rebel. And it actually, <laughs> It'll and show it, up. It comes up. It comes up. Well, thanks so much for uh, being on the show again. It was great having you back. And we look forward to hearing about more progress and what you're doing in the future. Thank so. you. I greatly appreciate it. You're listening to Passage to Profit, the inventor show. And we'll be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs 
needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Totally eclectic mix of inventors and inventions, all doing wonderfully. Remember, everyone, to go to the Passage to Profit website and vote for your favorite project. So, real quickly again, Joe Cup with Coaster Pro on the go. You can find it at walmart.com. And Warith Jumia with Passionate Rebel at passionaterebel.net. And even though you can't vote for them, Renato Ricci at trynowclub.com. And Josh Weiss with Fetch internet.com. Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Friday at 10 a.m. to vote. The best overall vote getter for the show will receive a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. We just love doing this every week and hearing about all this new technology. I agree. The show was wonderful. And I want to say thanks again to our guest, Renato Ricci. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? Be a passionate rebel and never give up. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and also don't forget to keep your car clean with good coasters, too. (laughs) What about you, Josh? I would say uh, don't get hacked. Download Fetch Internet. I would say if you haven't been on Passage to Profit, the inventor show yet, come on. It's a lot of fun. So we would also like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson, our wonderful producer, Noah Fleischman, our amazing engineer, Rob Barretts, and the whole iHeart team. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt from Gerhardt Law on iHeart with Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show on WOR 710, The Voice of New York. 